welcome to Flickercast, the podcast for the Flickr community. I'm Brian Campbell. And I'm Jason Matthews. And this is episode number seven. Yep. And, uh, oh, hey, quick update uh, from our last show. We talked about uh, uh, that we wanted to see a refinement to the tag searching system where you could you know, use Boolean searches and things. That's already being done. And it was the information on that was posted uh, very shortly after we published the last episode. Um, and it works exactly like we were talking about. Like, you can type in, uh, well, the example we've got in the forum post from that is uh, you can type red and car and it'll search both. Or you can use uh, plus symbol or minus symbol or not. Uh, I don't think you can use Boolean things like or. Um, um, I'm not sure about that. Actually, um, Mr. Joro says or works and oh. parentheses works as well. So that's good to know. Oh, I see. Yeah. Uh, st- one of the staff, uh, his name's Stuart, says uh, testing in the new search system is almost done, and there will be stru- instructions aplenty in yep. search boxes so everywhere. He so he hints at a new search system. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see on that one. Right. Um, you know, I don't know if this is something they're adding and then not telling anyone, or if this is actually going to be um, in the Flickr news somewhere. No, yeah, they typically, once they get a new feature like that or a refinement to something, they'll put it in Flickr News, and if it's big enough, you'll hear about it for a few days all over the place. Right. And it sounds like something that would be big enough. I like the idea, like uh, we were talking about last episode, so I don't think it's uh, our our influence necessarily because people have been wanting this for a long time now. Yeah, I'm not going to take credit for this one. I'm just saying... Uh, it was yeah. already there by the time we were talking about it. Very cool. Okay, uh, if you haven't heard already, then uh, maybe you've been under a rock. This has been uh, almost literally everywhere. And that's the little uh, story from Price Right Photo. The, uh, Thomas Hawk had a, had a problem with them. and um, That'd be Thomas Hawk, the host of Flickr Nation podcast. Yep, it's yep. at uh, FlickrNation.com if you want to check it out. Yep. And um, he apparently was looking to buy a Canon EOS 5D for a while. And um, he was going to wait until the price dropped below $3,000. And eventually, through the uh, you know the power of the internet, he found Price Right Photo. And this is a very long story, so... Uh, yeah, we'll just link you know, to we're it have in the show notes. You can read the full thing there. Um, short version is, uh, he kind of got shafted by a shady, quote-unquote, photo dealer in Brooklyn. Right, and kind of is, is an understatement. I Well, I they tried to, sorry. they didn't necessarily succeed. Right. Um, Apparently they they called him uh, shortly after he ordered the camera, and he, they were trying to sell him all these extra accessories that they insisted um, he needed. And which is essentially how them. those stores operate. They will take the camera out of the box, sell you just that, and then the other things that are supposed to come with it, like the battery and manuals and stuff like that, they'll try to sell you as extra accessories. And so. You end up paying grossly a lot overpriced. More. Yeah, yeah. You end up paying a lot more than you would have if you just went to the store. So you think you're getting a deal, and you're really not. Well, not three days after this um, story hit the internet, it was on 
slash dot boing boing and dig and i'm sure many um, other places as many well. other places blogs and whatnot i, know um, I saw uh, quite a few posts in the Flickr forums talking about it yeah not three days after this whole thing um he got a letter from ed lopez who is apparently the owner of price right photo with a um with an apology yeah let's explain why he got the apology letter because not just anyone would do that it, he was able to leverage the power of all that exposure on uh um like we said dig and boing boing and slashed out and people started basically um launching denial of service attacks against the website of price right photo right and, and uh, sending a lot of complaints calling in a lot of complaints a lot of prank calls too yeah i mean people were angry struck this, a nerve so. with people yeah so apparently um steve phillips was was fired that's, that's the guy, the guy he was who dealing was with harassing him over the phone right so um you know i don't know if there's any confirmation of this or not but i don't think that apology is um, worth the electrons it's printed on yeah i think um the moral of the story though honestly is before you buy um something that expensive online make sure you check um reseller rating sites like yeah or and or better business bureau bbb yeah because although, that's a lot of money <laughs> although you know do your research because these i mean these are basically they're scams they're not legitimate businesses at all uh but they will they'll seed the like reseller ratings comments and things with positive feedback oh yeah they'll make to, a so ton to of mislead you. fake accounts just to you know say oh i got my camera right away and this is the best place what, to buy cameras what was that ever. site that showed the storefronts of all of them i think it was donwist.com i'll find it later um but somebody went around and took photos of the storefronts of all these uh, supposed businesses and there are a ton of them uh they advertise in the back of photo magazines a lot uh, oh, yeah. and it's it, it's just like it's a garage door with a sign taped to it you know and some guy with a cell phone yeah maybe uh they'll take a sharpie to it and write the the name of their business on uh-huh. <laughs> but uh yeah beware buyer beware so we and we don't buy from kind of, yeah well that's kind of generalizing but you know <laughs> not really if you look at look look at the back of a photo magazine and you'll find a ton of these stores i mean you can notice right away what they are because of the the prices on everything that will be five hundred dollars lower than everywhere else and all, all of them will say brooklyn new york right yeah so very long story um We'll have links to this on our website, and if you want to check that out, just go there and click on the links. So, yeah, we'll have links for the the story, the uh, apology letter, and if I can find it, that photo series with uh, all the storefronts. The storefronts. Yeah. yeah, I remember seeing that. Because that's worth seeing. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be surprised. A lot of <laughs> stuff for the Grid of Life group. On a more more positive note, we found something that uh, we thought would be interesting to talk about. And uh, that's what I'd like to call the fellowship of the camera. Right. And uh, would you like to explain that, Jason? Well, first of all, this is a, a thread that was in Flickr Central, as are quite a few of our threads um, this week. Just so happens, you know, maybe we need to find some other groups to look at. But uh, anyway, the the gist of it is uh, if you're out and about with your camera and you see someone else and they're out and about with their camera, there's a an unspoken bond sometimes there depending on where you are 
um, so you, you might strike up a little conversation with them or whatever, and it's usually pretty friendly. Uh, that's yeah. basically where they're going with this. And I know for myself... Um, it happened <clears> to you <throat> recently, didn't it? Did it? Yeah, outside of... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, that was... Uh, um, taking a picture outside of work and a co-worker, some guy I've never seen before, just came by and started talking about pictures he'd taken in the same location, stuff like that. But uh, aside from that, usually when I'm out, I see um, professionals and they're doing like uh, senior portraits and stuff or right. um, other kind of outdoor portraiture, and you really don't want to get in their way or bother them because they're, they've got a job to do. <laughs> That's true. It, but uh if they're not in the middle of taking a picture, don't be afraid to, uh, you know, start up a conversation with them because, uh, you may learn something and, um, who knows, you could start a new friendship. Yeah, and other people say in here that they do get a lot of quizzical looks. I think that's a lot more common than the friendly conversation. <laughs> uh, you know, what the hell are you looking at? What are you doing? Why are you taking a picture of this? Get off my land. Yeah. <laughs> get off my lawn. Yeah. No, um, I remember I had my, uh, this, this was my last camera, the Nikon 5200. I was taking pictures downtown, and, uh, you know, some girl came up behind me, and she asked me what kind of camera that was, and um, it turns out her first digital camera was a Nikon Coolpix 990. It's like one of those uh, swivel-based ones. I don't mm -hmm. know if you've seen that. Oh, yeah. But uh, it's pretty old school, and uh, she had some type of Canon and, um, I, she, she have it with her? Yeah. But she, she wasn't taking pictures of downtown. She just saw me doing it. And, uh, you know, luckily she was she was nice. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, well, I think where we are, it doesn't happen very often. Um, just because, like we said before, many times there aren't that many people taking pictures in this part of the country. Yeah. So it's almost like you're a... Uh, second-class citizen <laughs> if you do feels and, like uh, it sometimes man it's a lot yeah. more common to get harassed here than um than not bigger cities yeah i would think uh bigger cities where it's more common to see people you know or more like touristy areas where it's more common to see people taking pictures uh, right i mean you have more landmarks more, more. that right. people are taking pictures of regularly so um you know there's no attention being called to them <laughs> but uh i would like to think that on the whole it's uh goodwilled and uh, uh that people have the best intentions when they see you out with the camera uh, not always the case but i would like right, to think that it is and if you don't want to be bothered this is very uh I don't know if you'd, you'd call it unofficial advice, but uh, we thought of maybe getting a, a lanyard and uh, laminating some type of photo ID so you look more professional. Say, oh, yeah, I work for Oh, I don't know, think that's so going to stop anyone from bothering you. I just think that'll, that might give you a plausible excuse when someone does decide to bother you. Yeah, you know, don't say you're working for National Geographic when you're <laughs> <laughs> taking picture, pictures of alleyways and stuff, but... Uh, you know, maybe if someone sees a some ID hanging around your neck, they'll, <laughs> they'll be more forgiving. Or Depends on what the ID is. You, you might want to have something that holds up to close inspection. Yeah. 
but that's a whole uh, whole mess of things that are concerns when you're out shooting in public and kind of straight off topic here this guy says uh his name's duda i mostly get confused looks like what the hell are you doing it's 10:30 at night and you're pointing a camera at a fire hydrant <laughs> that's got to be the stupidest thing i've ever seen i hear that maybe not those exact words but they're thinking it i can sense it and i get quizzical looks exactly you know i sometimes you uh-huh. could just sense that people are staring at you thinking yeah what the heck is he doing you know a lot of us and they're like um, what is this like a hobby or something yeah. what are you doing you know a lot of people just put pictures on, on flickers flicker flickers why am i saying that put pictures on flicker of their you know their family and and pets and just things like that which is fine but um you know a lot of stuff i put up there is kind of more artistic i try to get you know just you know, it's like the same idea of someone who who uh, makes a painting or, or or draws something. You know, you just you're just trying to get a picture of something. You know, solely um, for the, the artistic aspect of it, not necessarily. Oh, this is a picture of you know my brother or my uncle. I think that's Even where it comes in. Is uh, there seem to be two classes of people who use cameras, and well, probably more than that. But you know, there's the people who only take a uh, single roll of film on uh, Christmas and you know kids' birthdays, right? And there's other people who you know want to do more with that, right? And, and the first group nothing. does not necessarily understand what the hell the second group is doing most of the time, right? And and there's nothing wrong with the first group. It's just you know they they don't necessarily understand um, you know taking pictures for for art and you know, if you look at my stream, I do have um, pictures of some family and um, some things you may consider from the first group. But uh, for me, it's it's primarily, um, you know, expression and, and art. Now, <laughs> before we get too off topic. Mm, I think um, we're already there. Yeah. We had another um, thing we wanted to bring up, and I thought it was kind of interesting. And that's the ethics of contact dropping also from Flickr Central. And uh, some people are kind of talking about that. Let me, let me find it real quick. And I think the, the original discussion started out with removing someone from your contacts list and why you might do that. But it does kind of stray into other issues of contact management. Uh, and I don't, I don't remove people from my contact list uh, unless they stop using the service. Right. There's, there's but, no limit that I know of for amount of contacts you can add. I think there's people with three thousand. Oh, contacts, I think there, is, I think there is a limit because um, I seem to remember some kind of discussion about that. Someone had way too many contacts, way really? more than would be plausible for the time they'd been using the service. You know, and. Wow. Um, I can't remember. That was just that was a couple months ago, and I can't remember who it was, but it was something like ten thousand contacts. Um, well, anyway, the guy it. hit a limit, and they they uh, made him take some off. Um, right, but there's there's people out there with two or three thousand. I mean, mm-hmm. and this is kind of a regular thing, but to me personally, that's overkill because there's no way you can keep track of everyone's uh, photo stream. Yeah, I think it, it seems that time. people have several different. 
styles of how they interact with their contacts photos. I know for me, when I add someone as a contact, that means I've also put their photo stream feed into my RSS reader. So right. I'm keeping up on all their stuff automatically. Right. Um, let's see. I'm trying to find the the main uh, message on this on this thread here. Um, oh, okay. So, yeah, it says, What I'm wondering about, though, is the hopefully rare behavior of dropping a contact very soon after making it. This has happened to me at least twice. I get the U, R, whatever name's contact notice. But when I check their profile page, to my surprise, I'm told that you are no longer on whoever's contact list. Yeah, that is a little strange. That's, that's never happened to me. Yeah, that um, almost makes me suspect that there's some type of, uh, you know, maybe spamming issue going on there. Or, could be. Um, maybe they add someone as a contact just so they'll be like, oh, well, let me look at them real quick. And then they get a couple more views and... Yeah, a couple reasons why that could happen pop up in the discussion here, but I, I wouldn't even want to speculate on why it would happen unless it actually happened to me because that seems like something that would be on a case-by-case basis. Right. Okay, someone mentions that um, they don't think contacts work as they should. Instead, they're devalued, and um, that they're making a comparison between um, bookmarking something and um, how contacts are now. Now bookmarking, yeah. W- if you 1996 use RSS. <laughs> well, and even for someone that doesn't USS, use RSS. I'm sorry. Um, when you bookmark something, most of the time there's no indication for the person that you bookmarked or their page that you did that. Um, with contacts, you get a notice that says, hey, so-and-so added you as a contact. Yeah, that's pretty much what what I use the contact system for, just to let someone know that I'm watching. Um, that's what works for me. I don't know. Other people have different uh, techniques. You know, They actually go to the, your contacts page and view photos there. I don't because um, I prefer to just have the RSS reader pick up everything, and I can check it later in the day. I like the idea that... Um, I could see I have, you know, 60 views on a certain picture I've uploaded. And if I look at my contacts, I could say, well, you know, get a rough idea that maybe some of those account for the views. And then the rest of the views, you know, you don't you don't even know if uh, they're coming from other Flickr users or not. Oh, I stopped worrying about that. Uh, it, there's until they actually give us a way to tell who's viewing, which I hope they don't. I don't. I don't need to know, and I find that if you do know it, it becomes a little, uh, the community gets a little strange. Um, but I just stopped worrying about who's looking at them and just, you know, if the view count goes up, fine. I don't really worry about. Right. I'm, I'm not worried. I'm not worried who or who isn't looking at them. It's just, it seems like my best pictures have the most views and that's not just by coincidence. Now I have a few that I think are really good that only have 9 or 10 right now, but you know that's just because people haven't been to my stream recently or or whatever reason, but uh, it's nice that it at least says how many views you have. Okay, let's get back on topic. Okay, yeah, um, and you mentioned that you have no reason to uh, remove anyone off your contacts list, and neither do I. Oh, I'm sure I have reason to, it's just I've never done it yet. There may come a oh. day when I do. 
Well, obviously, if someone adds you as a contact just to spam you or if they have something so incredibly offensive that, you know, you have to remove them or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, then then go for it. But um, it doesn't hurt just leaving someone as a contact. I generally find that um, I go through, like, a pre-screening where, you know, if someone adds me, I'll take a look at their stuff if I like it or if uh, they're on the same train as me you know or um i see something that i like and i want to keep uh keep uh track of them then i'll just add them uh first i'll add their rss feed and then i add them as contact just to let them know that yeah i'm watching you know hi. right who knows maybe Flickr should add a um a separate thing just for um bookmarking uh streams but what would that be i mean what, well you, you can bookmark a stream now if you're using Firefox, you can use live bookmarks, which is just RSS with a different name. Yeah, but not everyone, unfortunately, is using Firefox. Well, they should. Right. But, any, I mean, there's nothing stopping you from bookmarking a page now. Right. Uh, nothing, nothing's wrong with Safari, by the way. But, uh, well, it's if you have too many contacts, then when you click on the Your Contacts link within Flickr, you you know, you have to, view, you don't have to, but you see ton of picks now maybe you just like one or two picks from someone's stream mm-hmm. but you want to keep track of their stream well you know they can have a add bookmark button or something like that but uh either way it's it's not really a big deal i don't think and if you remove someone from from your contact list don't worry about hurting their feelings because i don't um, think they get a notice even do they no and it, it says here that um the only reason that people find out that they've been removed is they they think about it and they check themselves. Say, hey, I'm not on their contact. I'm not mm-hmm. on their contact list anymore. Why is that? Don't worry about it. Um, if someone well, so does far, it to me... Think, I don't think Flickr has developed the... Uh, oh, you added me. Oh, add me back. Kind of uh, <laughs> drama that, you know, live journal or myspace or whatever you know other social sites have had in the past um, right Flickr seems to be more good-natured about that okay well um we've got some news apple news to be more camera news yeah and uh, we know we have a lot of uh mac users out there and if you haven't heard already uh, apple has um reissued a patent from years ago and um, there's going to be a link for that in the show notes by the way mm-hmm. but basically um, this was used in a digital camera they, they had back in 97 it was the uh, quick take series and I think they only had uh, one or two of them I'm not even sure um, what kind of specs it was but I'm sure it was you know eight nine thousand dollars <laughs> I'm just guessing Mm-hmm. But anyways, um, many people are speculating that, uh, you know, this is going to be some type of uh, camera built into a future iPod, which, for me, I, I don't think that's going to be the case because, you know, the the nice thing about the iPods is its um, simplicity and it's very minimalistic, you know. Um, so, some people are thinking that uh, the eyesights, which are the... Uh, the uh, video cameras that um, 
they're kind of like a um, oh, what is it called like the little ball camera the the quick cams for PCs but they're uh, built into the new IMAX and they even have an eyesight that you could clip onto the uh, the power books and the iBooks I believe but uh, some are saying that this, this is some are saying this is just a technology for that you know uh, improved eyesights I think a lot of the speculation is unwarranted because all the patent is for is for the uh, rotating the display orientation of a, of a image. I mean, right. it's it's the same thing that um, every modern digital camera does with the the orientation sensor inside that can tell whether you've got it turned to portrait or landscape. Right, and that could be used with the eyesights. You know, for all intents and pur- purposes, it's it's a little digital camera. You know, it's just probably will be. I can't see. Um, first of all, I can't see Apple putting a camera in an iPod. That's just pointless. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and second of all, I, I definitely cannot see them coming out with uh, their own Apple-branded still camera. I just, what could well, they possibly add to it? That, that's the th- that's the thing. That's the one thing I think could happen. Actually, is it's because back in '97 they they did have a digital still camera. Um, you know that's a long time ago, but isn't that before jo- uh, Steve Jobs came back? Yeah, that's true. I think he when came they were back kind of in, in their di- '99 or 2000. Yeah. But just imagine if they had a, a point and shoot that was you know somewhat affordable and had maybe a a clean minimalist look, like an iPod, but of course not an iPod. How could you possibly do that with a digital camera, though? There's so many things that you have to control on a digital camera. Uh, Even if you try to make it simplistic, there's no way they can get it as simple as the iPod. I don't know about that. Uh, Because the new uh, media center from from Apple, oh, what's it called? I don't even know what it's called. Yeah, front row. I mean, that's super simpl- simplistic, and it's you know most of the stuff is done through menus. So, my guess is uh, they would sacrifice some of the buttons for you know things you have to access in menus. But people would still buy it, buy it up. You know, well, people would buy it because of the name. But I don't, I don't think Apple could make a better camera than established camera manufacturers. They don't have any experience with it. Well, yeah, but uh, they don't. The, the user interface of an iPod is not going to work for a camera. They don't make their own LCD monitors either, but but it has the Apple name on it. This this would be the same thing, I think. You know, they would, I don't know, make a deal with, you know, some camera company out there. Probably not Canon or Nikon, but uh, maybe Samsung. Oh, right, or like like when they brought out that Apple uh, phone, and that did really well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, but they didn't do it right, and um, actually, they're working on, you know, another phone, actually a razor with the uh, iTunes built into it. So that'll be more successful, I'm sure. Um, we'll just have to wait and see. MacWorld is coming up here in uh, January of 2006, so I guess everyone's going to find out then. I don't know. This whole thing seems like a non-issue with an Apple camera. That I think people have taken. A simple patent thing that they had to do for something that they've already got and speculated it up into uh, talking about maybe a new product and I, I just can't see it happening. Right. And it has the same I mean, okay, 
if you take away the Apple name and right. you switch to someone like, what? oh, what if Microsoft filed a patent for a camera? Or what if Google filed a patent for a camera? It, it, it just seems like the same thing to me. They don't have any history of working there. And uh, it just doesn't... Yeah. It seems too far outside what they do. The, the Even though they've got... I know they've got Aperture and they've got iPhoto and all that stuff. But, um, I can't see them doing that. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I'm hoping that they do. I'm not sure if they're going to or not. Just because it's, you know, it's an old product that it'd be nice to see an, an update for. And if it had um, Apple's look and feel to it, then a lot of people would buy it up and there'd be more digital can um, digital camera owners out there, which is is definitely not a bad thing. Do you really think it would it would cause people to buy more? I mean, if they make it, it's going to be more expensive than its nearest competitors. Right. Well, I mean, there's this whole MySpace generation that, uh, you know, yeah. they want their pictures of, you know, them riding ponies and... <laughs> riding you ponies? You know, the, the Ferris wheels and eating cotton candy. And oh, I think it's more they want their pictures of them getting drunk with their friends. Okay. Yeah. yeah <laughs> not sure what this uh, innocent stuff's about, but... Uh, yeah, where'd that come from? Yeah. You know better. Yeah. Back when I was young. <laughs> Back when you were young, they rode ponies? They rode ponies. Pone. <laughs> okay, well, like I said, let's just wait and see. Mm-hmm. But, um, okay, quick shout out to um, to some fellow podcasters that have been listening to the Flickercast recently. Mm-hmm. And the first one is Neil Gorman from Comicology. And Foolish Humans. That's right. He runs those two fine podcasts, and we'll have links to those on our website. he's been giving us a lot of comments and email and feedback and stuff, so hi, Neil. Lots of uh, good stuff from him, participation. Oh, and also he's uh, another Illinois podcaster, so Illinois represent. Major props, yo. (laughs) Sorry. And also Chuck from Amazing Baca Radio, which translates to um, Amazing Idiot. And uh, we'll also have the link for that in our show notes. That's right. So I just want to say hi to those people. Hi. Yep. And uh, first... I think we ought to wrap this up before we go. We've already gone too far off topic this We've gone off topic on just about every story. Uh, so sorry for that. And uh, if you want to send us some ideas for sorry the show, sorry for saying sorry, uh, and I'm sorry for apologizing for apologizing for saying I'm sorry. Uh, sorry. Anyways, uh, if they want to contact us or send us some ideas for the show, you know we could use them. It's kind of hard finding uh, new material each week, so any help you could provide would be appreciated. Any questions, um, comments. Um, you could send us an email at uh, flickercast at gmail.com or visit our website, which is located at flickercast.com. And uh, if you enjoy the show, we have a link on there for Podcast Alley. You could just... Uh, so maybe please vote for us. Thank yeah. you. And um, what's the song for this show, Jason? Uh, that Oh, like I was saying, Illinois Represent. That's another... Um, band from Champaign, Illinois, called I Scintilla. Uh, 
it's a little bit different than the music we've been playing before, but it's the kind of music I really like. So I'm going to play the full song to take us out of here. And that was from the Podsafe Music Network at music.podshow.com. That's and right. by the way, I did order the CD recently, so this pod safe thing, it really works. So, yay. Very cool. I think I'll order that uh, Sunset Room CD, by the way. Mm, yeah. Forgot mm. about that one. It's a good one. Okay, so um, thanks for listening, and um, go out there and take some pictures. I'm Brian. And I'm Jason. See Matthews. you. <laughs> Brian Campbell. Yep. See you later. Bye. Bye-bye.
I want a Granny Smith apple.